It is third quarter earnings season, or at least it started this week, and the results are mixed to slightly favorable. On the one hand, see Snap, the artist formerly known as Snapchat, which reported and went down another 26%, finally giving back all that it had gained during the pandemic bubble. On the other hand, we have Schlamberger, the only French-sounding oil company that I know of, which smashed earnings to the upside. And really, are these two companies emblematic of the so-called Great Rotation in 2022, where comical technology stocks have been taken to the woodshed, whereas commodity-driven, real-world, material-type stocks are having their moment in the sun. The question is this. Will the bull market in things like oil continue? Or are we at the point where if everyone on CNBC is saying there is a bull market in oil, it means that we, as retail chumps, have missed the boat? We discuss all that and more as ever we are not financial professionals. This is not investment advice. Please don't listen to us. Please do enjoy Degenerate Business School. The lettuce beat Liz Trust. Did you put money on it? Oh, I, I, I couldn't find a line on it, but I definitely would have. But no, I did not, unfortunately. Uh, so I guess she was toppled by the bond market. Just she came in hot. Bond vigilante said no. Now the UK is a developing country, it seems like. And she's, she's out. I just wanted to say one thing. This is this is what I heard, which is just kind of fun. That uh, Boris Johnson basically, uh, he, he when he went out, he was very resentful because he's the British Trump and he's you know very uh, vindictive, and he uh, purposely backed Liz Truss, knowing that she was a buffoon, so that he would look better in retrospect, and he accomplish that mission. So pretty clever move, Boris. Level. Yeah. <laughs> forget forget the good of the nation. <laughs> Gotta protect Boris's rat. So there you go. Um James, I was thinking about you a lot this week because on CNBC and in the podcast, Finn Twitter Universe, the people who are really into either the charts or the narrative that there will be a resource war came out in force. There's a lot of chatter about oil, momentum behind oil. And uh, you, your voice is in my head because the only island that has more shipwrecks than Crypto Island is Oil Speculator Island. Mm. And uh, definitely feels like there's a little bit too much sentiment bullish on oil, just going on sentiment. It's, it's very overbought. But damn, damn, it's a seductive narrative, isn't it? There's, there's a lot of like, hey, the SBR is covering up a lot of the supply issues when that gets mm. drained. 
and she finally pivots and puts China back online, we're going to have a parabolic move in oil prices. I'm kind of seduced by it. I'm not saying I'm not going to do it because it's oil, but. Well, there's some the fundamentals going both ways. You have strong dollar. The dollar has to sell off at some point. It's starting to now. So that's, that's kept oil low. Um, the only thing, I guess, is, is recession, if you're pricing in the recession. But maybe a lot of it's been priced in already. Yeah. So really, I think there's a ton of upside for oil. I mean, yeah. we're still in the last hurrah stage, and we're, we're living it right now. And there is, there is some good upside, I would, I would say. The setup is, is pretty good in the next six months. Yeah. It's a little bit, it's a little bit overbought right now. So probably, well, who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> it's a good point about the strong dollar. There is like, again the China wild card because it's like this pricing recession and also the rolling lockdown in China will like mm-hmm. very directly impact the oil price. But then we see in earnings today or this week, Schlumberger, the fanciest oil company, the French oil company based in Houston, uh, having a great, great earnings season. Stocks up 10%, profits are up 28% year over year. Meanwhile, Snap is down another 26%. So there's definitely, what makes me cautious is like, I kind of feel like I missed the boat on this rotation. You know what I mean? This has been a, would have been a good move a few months ago. Now I feel like I'm late. If everyone's talking about oil, then that means you're probably the, the last chump. You know what I'm saying? That's what makes me worried. Well, there's still some upside. I don't think everyone's talking about it. And you know, you still, when you're doing your portfolio allocation now, you know, cash is king. So those dividend yields, those fat dividend yields are pretty juicy. Yeah. So it's, I don't see it going down that much, even if we are, you know, kind of topping. Fair. Fair. So you, you would think that it's, it's a solid, just kind of addition to a portfolio. Maybe you can get your five to 8% dividend yield. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. You're saying, same risk reward. Not mm-hmm. not a lot of downside here. Yeah, like there's there's a lot a lot of like near term forces distorting oil profitability or the oil price in the in the in the near term. Yeah, actually, well, the dividend yield is not as great anymore. It's like three to five percent. Like, but it's a dividend that exists. Yes, <laughs> rare nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah historically, historically, those those companies have been paying what six to seven percent. In the last couple years, like like Exxon and, and Chevron, typically, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But I mean, e- even at current levels, what oil is what eighty five dollars? I think earlier this week, Biden said that when they're going to refill the the SPR at at seventy, so that definitely creates a floor, which means you're not you're not going much lower on on oil mm-hmm. anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So even though even though some of the stocks are are high, there's no reason they couldn't go higher, right? Because the, the, the cash flows are still strong, even at current levels. And from a also from a multiple perspective, I could be wrong about this. I'm just feeling it. I'm feeling it. From a multiple perspective, generally, like the commodity stocks have just been like 
taken to the woodshed historically in terms of the multiple that gets assigned to them. Unlike, say, Snap, which at some point Robert will tell me was trading at 417 times revenue. Or uh, Tesla, which is still at, what is Tesla, Robert? What's the multiple on Tesla? You love, you love to cite it. Uh, well, strangely enough, Tesla is actually sort of a respectable company now. <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think it's as egregious as it was, but I'll tell you in a second. In any case, point, point being that, so if, if there's like, you know, a lot of the downside of the broader market is just like the multiples being taken out of tech, like 2001. Right. You look, well, at, you look at the energy sector, you don't have that same like clown clownery in the multiples that gets assigned. It's more about the fundamentals to begin with. Yeah. I think, I think the issue there though is, um, so like Tesla is trading at 77 times earnings. There you the, go. There it is. But the, the, the issue why, why commodities will never, you know, trade beyond, you know, 15 is there's no prospects of growth. Like, yes, Tesla's no, at 77 no, no, no. earnings, but you can grow into that, right? You're right. The only, it's not like, uh, there's no network effect. There's no Metcalf's law. Yeah. It's just, is the pr- could the price of oil itself become nonlinear, which becomes profit to the oil companies, unless, you know, Biden nationalizes them or whatever, which I don't know, maybe, but that's, isn't it, that's the problem. That's the problem with, with oil, James is like, even if you get into these periods where oil has been underinvested in, I don't know, they find a new oil field in Patagonia and, <laughs> you know, that there's just like unpredictability or like the price goes up and supply just follows it. Right. So it's mm-hmm. not like a buy and hold. It's very tactical. Yeah. Especially with shale now, because I think it's easier to get a shale rig up and this kind of like easy in, easy out sort of. And there's like a lot of, yeah, and there is underinvestment, but, you know, maybe, maybe a lot of these companies are well capitalized. So they'll probably, they can profit short term and meet that short term demand. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's like kind of that balancing effect that always happens so everything kind of just mean reverts you know yeah um so you only can play it for a certain amount of time before it mean yeah. reverts, like we're kind of seeing also if these here's the other thing that gets often talked about is uh you know there are people now they're just like listing the bankruptcies that are happening in germany every day of like this chocolate factory has been in business for 130 years bankrupted by energy prices there's a there's like two schools of thought on like European industry. One is that you know energy prices get so expensive that it basically just like wipes out part of the industrial sector, so you get like a collapse in demand, which is a, like a nonlinear collapse, which would then actually be downward pressure on oil. It's just I don't know. You need you need like a PhD in oil to understand that market. Yeah, and the long-term effects that all, always is that, you know, and when they always do their forecasting too, it's like when you're thinking that oil prices are relatively static and you build more rigs, well, you building more rigs is actually going to bring down the price. And there's always this like um, simultaneous effect, kind of self-fulfilling effect that you yeah. that, that, that happens. That's what happened with all that investment in the kind of like the early two, 2010s when everyone was rushing into shale and then kind of crashed the price. Um, 
But now it seems like the market's a little more mature, banks are a little bit smarter, um, and the industry is more sustainable. So you would think there can be some upside in the short term. Maybe, maybe we are at the time in our lives where we just need, we need more dividend stocks, probably. Mm -hmm. At least I do. But here's the real question, Robert. Here's the real question. Okay, fine. Yeah, there's, there's maybe a short-term bull market in oil commodities. It's been spoken of. Are you a buyer? Are you a buyer of Snap at $7.76? Right back where it was in uh, 2019. <laughs> so... Here's the, here's the thing about that. Here's for, for reference, uh, Snap got uh, Snap got as high as eighty three dollars during the Great Duration Bubble. That's what we can call it now in retrospect. Yeah. Here's the thing about that. Um, if you were asking a broader question of Am I buying? Am I willing to buy things that's not profitable? Yeah, sure. <laughs> But I, I truly, in the bottom of my heart, have no idea what Snap is or how it works. Like in my sure. mind, I know it went public as a thing where people share dick pics. But like, <laughs> is it really that big of a of a platform that it, it warrants being a public company? I don't understand. And and maybe, maybe yeah. it's a whole thing. I don't know. But truly, I I, I don't understand it. I see it's trading at $13 billion. That seems egregious. Um, it's not making any money. And no, no. Um, but again, if this was a broader question, of, am, am I throwing money at things that like maybe are in the arc? Sure. Yeah, you know, I was, I, I was looking at, on a related note, it's just looking at charts of like clear, just speculative bubbles that fell apart. Snap is one of them. Really anything related to it. Arc, Snap, just devastating charts. Complete round trips after like 10x run-ups. I think, yeah, it's it's like the, um, with in relation to Snap, the problem is you're monetizing young people with ads, right? This is the same thing with Facebook. That's why Facebook has now been taken to the woodshed too. Uh, and in that ecosystem, it's kind of fad driven, right? Like one day Instagram is the biggest social platform. Now it's kind of for like elder millennials, I'll say. Then Snap was hot. And now TikTok is like eating the world with his algorithm. And tomorrow it could be Boner Jams 23, another viral video app, you know? It's kind of like these... These platforms, like they get huge really quickly because they exist on the internet, but they're kind of structurally fats. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think the only thing that helped Facebook stay king for as long as it did was that from a business standpoint, it was absolutely necessary. Yes. Right. Um, but again, I'm not on social media, so I don't understand the appeal of TikTok other than like there's cute dog videos on there. But like, I don't think anyone's making any money off of me watching those, right? Well, um, in, fair in fairness, Meta slash Facebook has also 
made a round trip in its stock price in a bad way. The same as Snap. Right. Yeah. So, so to your point, yes, it is. It is very. Uh, it is very ad driven, and mostly what kept the floor on on Facebook was the fact that it was necessary. I, I think the actual meta. Um, the metaverse thing is going to ultimately cost it way more than it'll ever be worth. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't touch that either. But I do think since the market tends to be forward-looking, even if we have a recession in 23, the market tends to bottom before we actually get there. So I would not be opposed to throwing money into things that don't make money. Again, I don't understand Snap. I wouldn't throw money at that specifically. But yeah as a broader concept sure well kind of why i bring it up is like if in retrospect all that happened in you know during the pandemic is an epic duration rally and this this one guy i listened to basically was saying that the way the market actually prices say a google is they say super reliable cash flow. It's basically like a 70 year bond. And so like when you're in a very low rate environment, you have uh, you know, something like Google massively outperforming. And then obviously like bonds are also like from a price action standpoint, will outperform. And now we're like unwinding that duration bubble in pieces. Uh, tech being smashed, bonds being smashed. So what's interesting now about these companies like Snap, which are for dick pics, as you point out, Robert, it's like, it seems like the, the as you say, it's forward looking, the really smart people are the ones who are buying oil in the middle of 2020 when it was negative oil, like negative oil price. And they rode that all the way up. Now, are we in the period where like, these duration stocks are in such disfavor that yeah, it might take 10 years to play out, but I don't know. Meta looks like it's completely cratered. It could go down a little bit more, but I don't know. It's like the smart money just buying all this duration stuff that's been destroyed, just picking the ones you actually think are durable. I mean, and again, who can guess? Cause it's TikTok. Yes, but to your point, I mean, th- th- this is this is all fad driven, and we've been in we've been in this correction or bear market now. Shit! Hold on. <laughs> Sorry, ads keep playing when I'm like looking at things. That was good. That was good music. Totally uh, <laughs> but like. To your point, this is all fad driven and we've been in a correction now for 10, 11 months or whatever it is. Yeah. And people have been thinking that they could catch a falling knife for that whole time. Yes, correct. So, you know, Facebook now at $350 billion. (laughs) uh, I mean, it was at one point, what, a billion, uh, sorry, a trillion or very close to it. So... Like, if you think about it relatively, sure, you should buy it. But relatively speaking, it had no business being at a trillion. <laughs> yeah, and in, in fairness, uh, it is like, it's like the end of tech that is fad-driven. T- 
Tesla, Microsoft, uh, Google, the blue chip ones haven't completely, you know, like retraced to where they were before the pandemic. Now, Carter just told us that he thinks they might (laughs) or there's further downside there. But I guess those are those are uh, respectable businesses is the difference. Yeah. I mean, to your point, like everything is a duration is a matter of like just waiting things out, right? Yeah. Oil, oil is not, wasn't going to go away. Yes, we should have bought it at negative $37. Um, but do any of us have, you know, the guts to actually hold it for that long? No, no. Absolutely not. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I think we all understand Google's not going anywhere. But yeah, but then then again, I don't know. We, we you know what we always keep saying, which we've been wrong about for years and years, is at some point, Apple's also in that camp. That's why I bring it up. At some point, the smartphone will get displaced. Maybe, I'm not saying it will. I'm not saying it's inevitable, but there is a future in which. You have a chip in your brain, and uh, it's not made by Apple. Someone else makes it. Maybe right. a company that we've never even heard of yet. And in five years' time, Apple is the next IBM. See, as somebody who is not necessarily like big into Apple, I hope you're right. I do. But given how often I hear from people, I don't like to see the green bubbles. Like, I'd hate to break it to you, but you people are a fucking cult. <laughs> you are. You mean people who like Apple? Yes. Oh, yeah, no. Get your like, green bubbles like, off my screen. Exactly. Like, oh. people, people think I'm poor because I have an Android. Like, okay. I know you're poor. <laughs> yeah, I, I might be, but that's not the point. Um, no, uh, the, the, the Apple thing is a cult following. So I, I, I can't for the life of, like, I, it makes sense to me that it should collapse. I don't know that it will at least anytime soon. True. I guess that's maybe that's, is that the reason that Bitcoin is still $19,000 because we've reached the cult floor. It's just, it's just people that believe that Bitcoin will solve every problem? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's certainly possible that between Michael Saylor and the president of El Salvador, they're single-handedly on that floor. That's right. And then, like, every person, every person who bought it at $1 at the beginning who's never sold it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But here's another good example. thing that's getting a lot of buzz now is how artificial intelligence has basically eliminated the need for artists you've seen like all this stuff about dolly and gpt3 where like ai can basically write your five paragraph essay for you i don't know how these kids aren't just cheating all day sure they are or dolly which can render an amazing artistic image just by you giving it a few prompts like i want a horse dressed as a panda playing billiards, which is obviously what you would pick, Robert. Of course. 
And when people were talking about, well, what will artificial intelligence wipe off the board in terms of what humans can do? No one guessed that actually like what was considered creative writing art could be basically manufactured by AI robots. But here we are. Huh. Yeah. I'd not, I'd not heard of this, but I'm intrigued. Yeah. Check out Dolly. It's wild. James, have you seen it? No, no, I haven't. But I mean, I've heard of the, the, those concepts and, you know, but it's still patterns, you know, yeah. in the end of the day, everyone thinks that AI does is going to displace, but like, who's going to actually write the code. Everyone just ends up outsourcing to India anyways. And those guys, aren't. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. They're not, they're not that good. Um, so there's not people that actually write AI software very well. Um, and so that's why the prompts were always five years away from being five years away and all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, there's certain things you could do like with patterns, like art kind of, you just feed it images and it just kind of re, you know, re-juxtaposes like the images and the other things. And, you know, music is just a bunch of patterns so you can kind of you know, get, you know, come up with the same progressions and no, no patterns there. So yeah, yeah something could, I think you could automate Taylor Swift out of a job. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> And they come up with those like those uh, fake artists, the, the digital image, you know, artists that that don't exist, right? Um, yeah, or or they like can avatars. Do, yeah, GPT three can do like write me an essay in the style of Ernest Hemingway, and I'll basically like use Hemingway's body of work to yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Oh yeah. Oh yes. All right, well, in the meantime, uh, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. I don't have a conviction on anything. I'm not going to buy oil. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I will. Dolly drew a unicorn being ridden by an astronaut in the moon. You see what I'm saying? This is amazing. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't know about this. Have fun with your Friday night. Oh, I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> all right doc james we'll see you tomorrow at the kfc and <laughs> sounds good man all right, all right. Bye. Bye.